Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Riddle me this. Will you need your hinds feet in heaven? And tell me if you can. Will you be given the wings of an eagle so you can fly to heaven? Let's get this started with a kick, shall we?
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune, April the 28th, 2018. It's good to be with you tonight. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been trying to cover over the past several years this topic of oxygen saturation in the Earth's major waterways. But now it's beginning to really stare us in the face. This was released just today. A new study exploring depths of the Gulf of Oman revealed massive increases in the size of its dead zones. An area with too little oxygen for the survival of marine life. First spotted nearly half a century ago, dead zones... AKA Oxygen Minimum Zones, or OMZs, were flagged as a major threat to marine biology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Gulf of Oman, which shares waters with the Arabian Sea, it's getting kind of critical. This dead zone has been investigated here of late uh, with robots. The robots capable of going hundreds of feet deep underwater surveyed the region for about eight months and kept relaying data. The findings revealed the work that the OMZ has grown larger than the size of Florida with no to little oxygen left. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't see that things are off kilter, you are so mindlessly staggering forward into the future. Someone who loves you should. Set you down and have a serious talk with you. You know, you should break out the science books and come to a dead reckoning of how the oxygen gets into the water. Because let, let me explain something to you. Water is H2O. But of course that does not provide the breathing for living creatures. Free oxygen saturates the water, and we have it in streams, rivers. We've got it everywhere on this planet, and as this article pointed out, they were just discovered not too awfully long ago. And yet every year I cover… Article after article after article about it. It is the main contributor to fish kills, which continue to happen, and everybody fails to report on it. Does that bother you? Water… 
being saturated with oxygen. Is the building foundation. <laughs> it's the stones that are supposed to be well below the frost line that make up the foundation of what you call the food chain. So I strongly suggest that you. Do some research on that. Oxygen saturation. Because we've obviously got problems that are getting bigger. And I do mean much bigger. Ladies and gentlemen. You need to consider where it is that you're standing because you're either standing in his good graces or you're not. And he really don't care what your opinions are on the matter. You know, we have manuscripts of the Bible that Jesus was reading in the synagogues. They're from 300 B.C. I personally came to the dead reckoning in my mind about the time I was 17 years old. That the reason why all these cunningly devised fables had sprung up. Was because he don't flat care if you read it or not. When the time comes, he's going to pull it, and that's what he's going to judge you off of. It amazes me how many correspondence I get with people who actually think that God cares about what they do for employment. He really don't care, ladies and gentlemen. He don't care. He don't. He cares about what you do. Did you lie today? Did you steal today? Did you act within the parameters of his law? Did you operate within the boundaries of the Beatitudes? That's really all he cares about. And those things are entirely up to you. They're not up to anybody else. But you can, as according to the scripture… Pay people to tell you anything you want to hear. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's all for sale. Let's get back to that dead reckoning. Do you know where you're at? Do you know where you stand? Well… I strongly suggest you consider these things. For the next 
4 minutes and 33 seconds. I'm going to let you be entertained. But by the living God, you better take one thing to the bank. And it's the simple fact that he doesn't care what you believe. He really don't. The only thing he cares about has already been inscribed, documented. It is the most attested document in history, and everybody knows it. It is year over year since they started counting the bestseller on this planet. Without competition. And what just came out of my mouth is probably exactly the question he's going to ask you. He's going to tell you, I didn't have to tell you anything. I already did. You might want to think about that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, dispelling all the cunningly devised fables about the rapture. For he is coming. He who sitteth upon the throne is coming. And he will rattle your cage.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. Let's get the boys in the saddle, shall we? Clinton, how has your week progressed, and uh, what's been catching your eye in the news this week? You know, I've had a, a pretty good week, you know, just uh, trying to make sure I stay positive and stay focused on, you know, everything that's happening individually in my life, but also watching what's going on with the news. Now, when it comes to the news, um, you have one side of the news that is incredibly exciting because you see prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. And you have the other side of the news that the only way I can describe it is stupid. Just, just stupid. I, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> getting dumber the more I watch it. <laughs> All depend on which channel you watch because I tried that a couple of days ago. Brian kept telling me, uh, they keep contradicting themselves. So I decided, well, you know, I'll go. They all have YouTube channels. You know, there's about every one of them. So I, I started doing it and uh, went to one side of the aisle, the other side of the aisle, and I was catching news commentary uh, saying flat out, straight up, <laughs> the opposite thing. Uh, I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, absolutely amazing. So, Brian... How's your week progressed, and uh, what's been catching your eye in the news, bud? Well, my week has progressed as eh, an atypical week would progress. But what's been catching my eyes in the news of lately? Well, I, I think I came out the uh, door all guns blazing earlier in the week with the program I did on Overt Attention Show. That's been one of the big things. And the... Standard, of course, looking over the hot spots, which seem to have slightly cooled down. And as usual, nobody seems to be watching one of the big breaking points right now, let alone do they have any idea why this is such a major breaking point, not to even mention some serious history that revolves around this region. So I've been, you know, sort of popping back and forth between news, trying to get to the bottom of uh, a few things. And, well, I think I've, for anybody that listened anyways, I think I blindsided some people with what I released earlier in the week. So there's my week in a nutshell, as they would say. Well, I think I'm going to tell everybody about <laughs> my day. At least I'll tell them about my day. I learned two new things today. Things I didn't want to learn. Things I had no intention of ever actually caring about. After doing some research, after I woke up, I had to call one of my children to my aid to check my findings and because the Lord my God had decided to rattle my cage in my dream. So I'll tell you what happened. Most of you are probably familiar with uh, supernatural encounters. Well, this one I was not too awfully pleased about <laughs> because I woke up, and something was holding me wrapped up in the blankets. 
at first. I tried to get up and get the covers off of me, but it was like I was literally wrapped tight in these blankets. Couldn't move, and I could physically feel their hands as they uh, had me in a bear hug. And um, they thought it quite, quite funny that uh, <clears throat> they had one of their hands covering my mouth. <clears throat> well, this progressed for, you know, a few minutes. And uh, it released me. I pulled myself out of the covers. You know, I was laying on my stomach. I was placed on this bed. On my stomach, so I uh, picked myself up, looked around, and, well, I wasn't in my bedroom. So I got up. didn't take me too long to figure out that, uh, no, this was certainly not my bedroom. It's the wrong color. Well, lady in the late 40s peeked around the corner in the doorway. And I thought to myself, who on earth is that? So I, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> I was too frustrated at the time because it was just in my underwear. And, um, you know, I didn't put two and two together. These people might be alarmed by that, but one of those of you who get to know me, I really don't care. <laughs> so, um Walked around the corner, and with her was a younger lady in her 20s, and I said, where are we? And something immediately struck me strange because they were speaking like they do in those old Japanese movies. Their mouths were moving, but not to the cadence of English, even though that is what I was clearly hearing was English. She said, well, we just moved here two months ago. We move every two years. So she starts walking me around this flat. Now, it's not like America. This was a huge apartment um, in a building, but they're called flats there. Well, she took me to one room that had a grand fireplace adorned with a green marble mantle. Absolutely fabulous. Me being in construction, I realized that this was a concrete stone building. It was not built with two-by-four stubs. So, of course, I let this go by, and Tiana will appreciate this. I sat there and you know nodded and nodded and nodded until I couldn't take it anymore. I stopped the poor woman. I said, no, I don't think you understand. Where on earth am I? And she said, well, we're in the Mezzogorno. Mezzogorno? What, what's a Mezzogorno? And she said, Sicily. I said, Sicily, you mean Italy? And... She said, no, that's across the Messina. That's when I get really frustrated. What on earth is uh, Messina? 
I said, just just stop. Lady, I've never been to Europe. And that's when the younger lady took her right hand and covered her mouth, grabbed the other woman by her arm and buried her cheek into her shoulder. And it was then that I got a dead reckoning, ladies and gentlemen. I was that woman's husband and the younger woman's dad. And I realized that I was taking part in a conscious displacement. It was then I woke up. I find out all of you have my word. I had no idea that it was the Strait of Messina that separates Sicily from Italy. And I had no idea that southern Italy government is called the, Be the Mezzigorno. That's what the southern portion of Italy, Sicily, and the island of Sardinia is called. That means in Italian, midday. Now you can take that with a grain of salt or not, but I'm telling you that I had no idea what those two words meant until I got up and looked them up. The only thing that really rattled my cage when I researched these was what would this possibly have to do with me? Well, ladies and gentlemen… The eastern part of the island was hit by a very destructive earthquake in 1542 and 1693. Just a few years before the latter earthquake, the island was struck by a ferocious plague. The earthquake in 1693 took an estimated 60,000 lives. 60,000 in one earthquake. Well, that's not the big one. You see, the big one happened in 1906. Ladies and gentlemen, and yeah. I, I'm sorry, 1908. This earthquake in 1908, um, It killed between 75,000 and 200,000 lives. Now, being a student of geology, well, actually having ACE geology in an institution of higher learning, I looked for anomalies, and I found one. An eyewitness to this earthquake said that – well… They chronicle something that really I'd never seen before in all my geological research. The most damage was done by a vertical, a vertical upheaval. Eyewitnesses said there was a massive jolt one way, then it came back 
most buildings were still standing until the ground just heaved up in the sky and threw it back down. And that's when all the buildings were flattened. That was just the beginning. You know, the tsunami that came in. Well, completely destroyed. So, first thing I thought about doing was, well, I know how to calculate. I put a dead reckoning of the date to the 108 or to the 1908 earthquake and aligned that with the 1542 one. And if I put the same years of separation between that and that occurred for the 1693 earthquake, that means that they should have had the greater earthquake about 2009. That means they're way overdue. Now, you know, I don't have – well, let me say this. Boy, that gentleman probably sure was jolted awake, and his wife and his daughter was really scared half to death, you see, because they thought that he had amnesia. He didn't know where he was at. But ladies and gentlemen, I hope he bore witness to <laughs> what I witnessed, because if so, well, knowing those people, he probably went straight to the Father. He probably went straight down to the local parish, asked for the priest. And that priest is pervy to all the Catholic Church records, <laughs> and I'm sure right now that Catholic priest is probably really thinking about what he should do about this mess he just walked into. Well, Clinton, you have the mic. I, uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's that's amazing, um, and it, it. I hope that what you're indicating is not necessarily true. But we we know that you know earthquakes are going to rock this world in one way or another. I mean, a lot of people anticipate you know what's going on in California that that could be there, uh, the awakening of the volcano in Italy. Um, could be an indication of exactly what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, I, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope those people are, are ready. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's even reports that, that Yellowstone is having major activity as well. So I, I don't necessarily think that what, what you just witnessed is off base. Um, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, that's the only way I can see it. Um, you know, I wanted to start my uh, little diatribe just a little, little differently, and 
and I just wanted to, you know, say thank you to everyone that, that supports us, um, everyone that listens to the broadcast and everyone that, that is diligently watching what's going on, that is trying to pay attention to all of this information that is being thrown at us on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's near impossible to, to keep up with everything. And I know that, you know, Matthew and, and Brian have both uh, increased their broadcasts and their writings and, and everything to try to explain what is going on and try to get as much information out as well. And, and I have done the same as well. Um, you know, just, you know, I've been really putting a focus on trying to put more broadcasts on the Diligent Watchman on Podbean um, and put it on Twitter so everyone can see it as well. You know, because th- this information has to get out to everyone and, and people have to be understanding of what is going on and, and how important it is to what, what is happening. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you to all of you that, that give us a support. Now, the other side of the spectrum, um, I mean, we're, we're told that through Scripture that there will be a loss of peace, that there will be this chaos that, that ensues the world and, and just encompasses everything. And unfortunately, we're, we're seeing this play out in a way that is, is the best way I can say it, it's getting frightening. I mean, we, we have talked about, for instance, just to go to the magnet, go to the focal point, that's Israel. And we've talked about the, the protests that are going on in Gaza and the violence that is ensuing between Israel and, and the Palestinians. And it's, it's getting out of hand. It's, it's getting more and more violent. I mean, these protests started back on March 30th. So they've been going on for over a month now. Every Friday, they intensify. And every Friday, the Israeli military does actions against the Palestinians. I mean, there's been numerous reports of of people killed, uh, 40 of them to be exact, before Friday. There was another three that were killed on Friday. There are reports of over 5,500 injured since March 30th. And that doesn't count the 300 that were injured on Friday. And a large portion of those were, were injured from live rounds or the use of gas, other military tactics against civilians. And this is just going to intensify. The Palestinians have said that they are not going to lay down. They are not going to stop this. And that even after the 70th anniversary celebration that happens on May 15th occurs, they anticipate continuing these protests. So, I mean, you can, you can believe that these protests are going to get more and more violent, more and more aggressive to build up to the 15th of May. And then after that celebration occurs, which we have Jared Kushner and his wife, Ivanka, that are talking about participating and being there for the celebration, the the moving of the U.S. Embassy as well. But we're also hearing reports that President Trump plans on being there as well. In the midst of all this violence, all this chaos, we're going to add to it. That's the only explanation that can happen is it's going to be added to it. And this violence is going to accelerate. But this is just, this is just one aspect of this violence that is encompassing the world. 
I mean, we see reports, you know, even in, in you know, the workplace. We have, uh, I saw an article where, you know, a, a male employee stabbed his female boss 15 times and because she was a bully to him. I mean, we, we always think of this, this bully movement, you know, and, and, you know, how children are being bullied at schools and, and, but we never anticipate it happening at work. And, and that is intensifying to the point that you wouldn't necessarily think that it would be a female worker or female employer doing it to a male worker, but it happened. And this, is, this violence is growing. This violence in the workplace is growing. And it's very, very scary to anticipate. It's very scary to think about because there's certain things in our, our world that we, we should, should be peaceful and work are two of those places that it should be peaceful, but it's not. It's not. You know, we, we have teachers that are protesting on a massive scale. Here in Colorado, we had the last two days, Thursday and Friday, the schools were shut down because of the, the protests of the teachers needing more pay. And, of course, the, the Colorado legislation is talking about passing a law to make it to where if the, pro, if the teachers protest that they're going to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, that's their response is, is we're not going to allow you to protest. We're not going to pay you more money. We're just going to throw you in jail. That's the violence. That's the, the loss of peace that is happening. We have an attack that happened in Toronto this last week. I mean, the news is coming out so quickly that, that I almost forgot that that happened since the last End Time Tribune, that we had this attack in Toronto where we have – you know, I, I believe he's 25 years old. He's driving a van. He decides to go onto the sidewalk and, and just starts swerving to hit people. I, I saw a report that a woman pushing a child in a, a baby carriage, he swerved to hit them. I mean, 10 people were killed, 14 were injured from his attack, and they caught him. You know, the, the police officer was regarded as a hero for not shooting him. He was regarded as a hero for catching him. Well, okay, so, so we were able to learn something about this guy's motive, about why he did what he did. And that's where it gets even more scary. The, the reason that he induced this violence against civilians, against innocent, was because he felt that he was neglected by those of the opposite sex, that he was part of this movement called the incels. They're involuntary celibates, basically people that are unable to have sex with someone of the opposite sex because they feel they're undesirable, so they are retaliating in violence. I mean, he, he came out and he said that this is the beginning of the revolution. I mean, what kind of revolution is that? Like, seriously, like, you're upset because you are undesirable to the opposite sex, so you're going to kill people? And this is not the first attack that has been this. I, I remember one happened in California earlier this year, or last year, and he references that attack. When violence is getting out of hand because of these kind of reasons, you know that peace is gone. I mean, just flat out gone. I mean, there's no reason that anyone should, should do that. Like, it just does not make sense to me. 
but it obviously made sense to him. And whatever this this involuntary celibate movement is, that's one thing. Then we have the attacks against women in a predatory way. You know, I mean, Bill Cosby, who I grew up watching, you know, as like a, a role model, as someone that you, you think of as funny and exciting. Well, he just got convicted on every account against him, and he's probably going to spend the rest of his life in prison because of his attacks, his predatory attacks against women. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, he's going to have the same scenario happen to him. And that's just the the icing on the cake of all the celebrities and the politicians and those in power that have abused their power to attack women either in the workplace or just wherever they choose to. From a female standpoint, if you want to have, you know, intercourse, you have to choose the right person because if you say no to the wrong person, they may run you down or kill you. And if you say no to the other side of this aspect, they may drug you and then do it anyhow. I mean, (laughs) that's horrible. This is horrible. That is our society. This is horrible. That is the peace that is gone. But that is reality. Absolute reality. And, I mean, it doesn't even stop at that level. I mean, you you look at uh, just another example, the President of the United States. I mean, these reports coming out of – the the sexual deviance on his part. I mean, you can you can believe it or not believe it, but I mean, there comes a point when you're seeing it everywhere that you have to kind of think there's something to it. Especially when you know the the FBI raids his lawyer's office, and then the lawyer decides to plead the fifth and not plead you know say anything against his actions of paying people off to cover up sexual deviance. Seriously, these are things that we have to talk about. These are things that we have to look at and realize that they're part of our society, that we have to – seriously? Like I can't even even fathom the, the fact that this is where we are at, but it is. Plain and simple, it is. And these, these attacks against against women is, is absolutely grotesque and horrible. These attacks against innocence is horrible. And that's leads us to the next one. This, this, these attacks against people of different races. We, we see, you know, the, the debacle that happened with Starbucks where two black individuals decide to have a business meeting at Starbucks. And, and that was the wrong spot for them to do it. And so they got the police called because they were sitting in Starbucks. And their only crime was they were black and they asked to use the bathroom. The police arrested them. This violence ensued. Starbucks as a corporation is trying to do their best to make sure that it never happens again. But it happened. We have reports that five black females were on a golf course and they got the police called against them because they were golfing too slow. <laughs> like, like seriously we have a teenager that got shot in his grandmother's backyard because he reached for his cell phone and it wasn't like he got shot by the police once he got shot by the police 20 times because he was in his grandma's backyard and grabbed his cell phone 
you know, these attacks are being incited in so many different ways, not only from people of authority, but people of just average stature. I mean, I I saw a a broadcast that went viral, of course, you know, about this family, and I I think it was Virginia. I don't remember where. But they decided to put mannequins all over their front porch and painted them black and tried to say, you know, put Confederate flags in their hands and try to say they weren't racist. I mean, why do an action like that? Why are you trying to incite violence? Are you trying to incite hate? Are you trying to, I mean, that's the only reason to do these things. But it happened. This happened. Whatever your reasons are, Matthew talked about that God doesn't care what you believe. He already told you where he stands. He's asking where you stand. And these are all examples of people in power or people that are just messed up showing where they stand, showing that they, can, that they actually support violence, that they support hate, that they support this negative view on life, that the peace in the world is gone. And, and so, you know, from a, you know, a intervention way of looking at it, you know, I mean, what, what are people of power going to try to do? I mean, they're going to, of course, you know, try to put in, you know, things to make sure that this doesn't happen, that this doesn't spread, that this doesn't grow. Um, and so, you know, we have, you know, for instance, like, uh, you know, new software that's coming out. You know, talking about, you know, how the police officers, they wear cameras. And so that way they, they you know, can make sure they do the right thing and they don't do anything against someone that they're not supposed to. Well, that technology is being expanded. And it's being expanded in a, a kind of a big brother kind of way. And this article came straight out of Fortune. Says a company that makes body cameras used by police forces across the country is weighing the benefits of adding facial recognition technology to the cameras. Axon, which makes taser electroshock weapons, body cameras, launched an artificial intelligence ethics board for public safety to guide the development of AI-powered services. The first meeting is scheduled for Thursday, but this already has been met with back, uh, backlash and controversy. More than 40 civil rights, technology, and media privacy groups have voiced their concerns about the police body cameras in a letter to the AI Ethics Board that includes groups like American Civil Liberties Union and the NAACP. Axon has responsibilities to ensure that its present and future products including AI-based products, don't drive unfair or unethical outcomes or amplify racial inequalities in policing. (laughs) The letter also notes concerns around the accuracy of facial recognition technology and the ethics of technology used with police body cameras. I mean, yeah, we know that AI is going to be incorporated into everything. It's already being incorporated into our marketing towards, you know, us on the internet. It's already being incorporated into our brainwashing through the, the TV and through the internet as well. We we already know this. They they that's why the whole thing's going on with Facebook. It's because of AI. We know that they are incorporating AI into our phones and and into everything else. Now they're going to incorporate facial recognition and AI into the police. 
you know, people can say they're advocates, well, I haven't done anything wrong, so it's not going to affect me. But those examples that I gave before this, those people, those victims did nothing wrong. And people of power use that against them. Now, I'm hoping that this technology does not get used against people, but peace has been taken. We understand that. I've showed that. And then you go to the next extreme. Yeah, I mean, we just have, uh, you know, just, just another example. It's, it's just another country, you know, one that just sits right next to us, Mexico. You know, they're having their elections coming up, and, and their, their election is going to be on July 1st, you know. And, and so, so what do they have going on down there? Well, they have a, a candidate. <laughs> and uh, I'll just read this. This is right out of writers. Uh, thieves should have their hands chopped off. A Mexican presidential candidate said in a televised debate on Sunday, provoking disbelief from the moderator and setting off a storm of comments. Jaime Rodriguez, who trailed in opinion polls, made the proposal during a discussion about corporate uh, corruption in the first televised debate among five presidential candidates ahead of the July 1st election. We have to cut off the hands of those who robs. It's that simple," said the 59-year-old. Added that who would, he added that he would ask Congress to pass a law backing this idea. You know, that's that's medieval. That's definitely something that's happened in the past, where you steal, you get your hand chopped off. But in modern society, that's not something that we see, except for in rogue states, maybe say in the Middle East or other places like that. But to have it be a country that is supposedly a democratic country that has a lot of violence that's being ensued against it right now and has an economic problem where people are having a hard time feeding themselves and their response is to chop people's hands off. Again, violence has been taken, and this is the people of power, their solution to stop this violence. Well, we'll take it to another, another extreme as well, another topic. We, we know Saudi Arabia, you know, they, they've had uh, a history of not necessarily liking you know, freedom. I mean, we, we've talked about the crown prince and how he is revolutionizing the whole country. And everyone's like, wow, you know, he's going to make peace. You know, he's best friends with, you know, Jared Kushner. He's, he's making all these waves, you know, with president Trump and, and the Jewish community within the United States. And, you know, he opened up uh, citizenship to Sophia, you know, artificial intelligence in Saudi Arabia, his response to crime in Saudi Arabia is also interesting as well. The, Anti-death penalty rights group Reprive said in March that Saudi Arabia execution rate has increased since Mohammed bin Salman was appointed crown prince in 2017. The group said 133 executions have taken place in eight months since his appointment last June, compared to 67 in the eight months before. The group's director said the doubling of executions under the new crown prince revealed that beneath his glossy public image, Mohammed bin Salman is one of the most brutal leaders in the kingdom's recent history. Just to give you an idea, the number of beheadings in Saudi Arabia during the first quarter in 2018, they rose by 70%. That's their solution. If you don't 
abide by the law. They're just going to chop your head off. And this is a guy that is making waves across the world with his diplomacy and his business deals and the buddy-buddy nature that he's making. And the fact that he's so buddy-buddy with the United States, we have to be and pay attention to the actions that he's doing. And this is a direct action of his stance against crime. So we have a loss of peace, and so the response is to cause more peace to be taken and to chop people's heads off. Let's just pray that that philosophy doesn't come to the United States. Oh, oh, wait, it already has. Oh, we've already talked about how Trump's solution is equivalent to what the drug solution is in Indonesia. I mean, Trump has come out and said that he endorses the death penalty for drug dealers. Oh, so, so the stance of the United States and the stance of Saudi Arabia are eerily similar when you look at it from that perspective, it's just the truth. Just throw it out there. Now, to kind of change the topic just a little bit, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go back to the Middle East and, and talk about Turkey. You know, because we had something very interesting happen with Erdogan. You know, I mean, he's he is a president of Turkey. He's given himself so much power, and and his term doesn't end for another year. And so, you know, what does he do? He decides, oh, by the way, we're going to have a snap election. Surprise! Uh, I want to have the election a year early um, because, well, I'm going to guarantee I'm going to win. And uh, I want to make sure I wrap up the presidency in Turkey because we're having so much economic problems. And because of all the problems in Syria, um, I want to make sure that I'm the president during that whole time. So he's having a surprise election on June 24th. And he came out and guaranteed victory, of course. You know, I mean, that's just, you don't have a surprise election unless you are going to make sure you're going to win. You know, and, and, and then you build on that in Iran and Russia and Turkey. You know, they just had a, a meeting, you know, on Friday, oh, yesterday, talking about Syria and what they need to do. They've had a couple different meetings about Syria, you know, about what they plan on doing and, and how they want to try to get rid of all the terrorists in Syria and how they want to bring peace to Syria and, and all those things. Well, they did something very interesting on Saturday, today. It is, is Turkey came out and said that the only way that they're going to be able to get like a legitimate solution to anything that they put together is by getting UN support. So they're going to the UN to get UN support on whatever they came up with yesterday to find a solution in Syria. So we have the United States that already says, well, we're not leaving Syria, even though we said we were going to leave Syria, but then there was a chemical attack that, you know, Syria says that the United States did, or at least France or Great Britain did. So we're not going to leave Syria. And now there's a solution going to be presented to the United Nations. I mean, you can see how muddied and messy this is getting. But that is that is a scenario that's going on right now. And it's just continuing to build. I mean, we, we have, you know, President Trump came out and said that, you know, immensely wealthy countries must pay for U.S. protection. I mean, U.S. President Donald Trump has said that some immensely, immensely wealthy countries in the Middle East will have to pay for American protection and deploy their own troops to Syria. Speaking at a news conference with French President Macron, on Tuesday, Trump said these countries wouldn't last a week without U.S. support. Countries are 
in this area, some of which are immensely wealthy, would not be there except for the United States and to a lesser extent France. Uh, they wouldn't be there except for the United States. They wouldn't last a week. Uh, we are protecting them. They are now, they must now step up and pay for what is happening. Those are quotes from the president of the United States. I know it doesn't sound presidential, but it is. Um, Trump, uh, he didn't name any countries. He just says they will pay. You know, otherwise he's going to pull out of Syria. So, I mean, we know that he's talking about Saudi Arabia. And so what, what does Saudi Arabia do? They, they come out and they basically tell Qatar that you have to send troops into Syria and you have to give us money to send troops into Syria. Otherwise, your country is going to fall because the United States is going to pull all this. I mean, they've already – Saudi Arabia has already put a, a noose around the neck of Qatar. They've already closed them off, and they've even tried to make in their border between Qatar and the United States. They're going to dump all their – nuclear waste there and just basically make a moat around that country and now they're requiring them to send troops into Syria or the United States is going to drop you know, all support for them. Well, you know, Qatar came out today and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, I think their direct response is they are not going to be brainwashed by Saudi Arabia to send troops into Syria. I mean, that that's their official response. <laughs> So so this whole thing that's going on in Syria is getting very, very muddy. And it's already spreading to all these different countries because, well, there the crown prince is involved again. His, his actions are dictating a certain way and growing from there. From a completely different aspect, we have something going on in Venezuela that is very interesting as well. Last week, we, we – you know, Venezuela, for those of you that don't know, has they're on top of the largest oil reserve in the world. So they're very important when it comes to the oil market. And, and any time you have issues with the oil market, which is primarily in the Middle East and Venezuela, uh, price of oil goes up. And anyone that's filled their gas tank recently, you can see that happening. So what happened in Venezuela last week is very interesting. What happened this week is even more interesting. Last week, two Chevron employees, they were arrested by the Venezuelan government and they they're being charged for treason because they would not sign a joint venture with the Venezuelan oil company. So basically they would not allow Chevron to do joint ownership with the Venezuelan country owned oil company. So they arrested them and they're charging with treason. Chevron then took all their executives and they shipped them out. They, they, <laughs> they're not going to allow them to stay in the country. I mean, and this is you know, straight off of writers, uh, U.S. oil major Chevron Corp um, has evacuated executives from Venezuela after two of its uh, workers were imprisoned over a contract dispute with state oil company PDVSA, according to four sources. Chevron asked other employees to avoid the facility of its joint venture with OPEC Nations Oil. The arrest... Um, in a raid by national intelligence officers were the first at a foreign oil firm since Venezuela's government launched a purge last fall that resulted in the detention of more than 80 executives at PDVSA and business partners accused of corporation, or corruption. So this has been going on in Venezuela for a while on their side of it. But now they're branching off and they're arresting American workers from American companies 
And of course, you know, they're, you know, the major executives are being shipped out of the country to add on to that. Um, an international arbitration court has ordered Venezuela's state-run oil company, PDVSA, to pay ConocoPhillips $2 billion for early dissolution dis- of two joint ventures for producing oil in the OPEC member nation. Conoco assets in Venezuela were expropriated uh, in 2007, according to a nationalization of the country's oil industry led by Hugo Chavez. The firm left the nation after it did not reach a deal to convert its projects into a joint venture controlled by PDVSA. So basically we have Conoco and we have Chevron. They're both being impacted in Venezuela with their oil distribution because the Venezuelan government is trying to make them sign a joint venture so they can basically take control of those operations. That's, that's what is going on here. And because both of the companies would not do it, they arrested the Chevron employees and the U.S. court system, the arbitration system, came back with a $2 billion judgment against them for their actions. So you see this, this buildup in the oil industry is, is drastically increasing. It's going to affect oil prices on a drastic level across the globe. Because if we have what's happening in the Middle East develop and grow, which we know will, and we see what's happening in Venezuela grow, that's going to affect oil prices across the globe, and that's going to affect everything in your pocket because everything goes up when oil prices goes up. But don't worry. Don't worry. There's peace between North and South Korea. You know, that, that happened this week. There's peace. I mean, Kim Jong-il, you know, or Kim Jong-un, sorry, uh, he came over into South Korea. It's the first time that a Korean leader went across the border in 65 years. Um, I mean, he brought his own bathroom because he was afraid that they may search through his poop and see what he eats. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> the mentality of what he has. But he also, I mean, made a big display where he's driving down the road and had his 12 bodyguards or 12 Secret Service agents running along the side of the car as he's driving down the road. You know, made a big spectacle. You know, and and the whole thing is 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 uh, you know they're going to stop doing nuclear tests. You know, I mean they're they're going to sign a peace deal with South Korea, and they're not going to make any more nukes. You know, it has nothing to do with the mountain that they've been doing all the tests with collapsed. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with you know President Trump. You know, I mean him his negotiation skills. You know, between North and South Korea, that's that's what the news and the TV is saying, of course. You know, I mean, they're even talking about that President Trump should win the Nobel Peace Prize because of his actions in in, in the Korean Peninsula. So so don't worry about, you know, all this, this loss of peace or war in the Middle East or, you know, North Korea nuking everyone. Don't worry about that because, you know, President Trump, he just – he solved that and, and he should get a, the Nobel Peace Prize for doing that. So uh, I know I can't leave it on an interesting little part, Matthew, but I'll hand it back over to you. But all I have to say is don't believe everything you're told when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to what is going on through the TV because they are twisting every bit of information that they can to manipulate the way that you think. I mean, if you truly think that – North Korea is stopping their nuclear operations to make peace with South Korea because of Trump and he should win the Nobel Peace Prize, 
maybe you're too far gone to realize what's truly going on. So Matthew, I'll hand it back over to you. Maybe you're too far gone, huh? Well, that's one way of putting it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, this week um, <clears throat> they discovered a hot magma plume uh, more than 1,800 miles underneath Yellowstone supervolcano. Just come out years, uh, uh, just days ago, on uh, the Weather Channel, and right. Alongside it, we also have this, released um, just yesterday. Yellowstone Steamboat Geyser, the world's largest, erupts for a third time this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've got uh, some things going on. Uh, there at Yellowstone, that... Um, Obviously, pretty concerning. Now, let's take note. Last times that uh, this geyser has erupted. Last time was uh, 1991. Before that was 2000, 2002, and 2003 and 5, then 13, 14, now 18. So... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, something is boiling underneath Yellowstone. Um, no need for me to inform you that if that supervolcano went up, well, the rest of us here in the midst of Mundus Novus would go up right along with it. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. We're going to take a break. We are going to uh, play for this week's break, Psalm 2, and with it, the chapter in the Acts that quotes from it. We'll be back in 9 minutes, 51 seconds. Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heaven shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath, and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they 
that put their trust in him. Acts 13. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas, and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul, and desired to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist, and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and sat down. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up, and beckoning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers, and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an high arm brought he them out of it. And about the time of forty years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. And after that he gave unto them judges, about the space of four hundred and fifty years, until Samuel the prophet. And afterward they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul the son of Kis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of forty years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's a seed, hath God according to his promise raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, 
Whom think ye that I am? I am not he, but behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loose. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. For they that dwelt at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulchre. But God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep, and was laid unto his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city, and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. 
but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring something up that was published here late, really quickly, before uh, Brian gets on the uh, mic. Very strange uh, thing was documented on April the 22nd at 7.42 a.m. by the Lasco C3 telescope. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Asher. The only problem is, is that I first picked this up on November the 16th, 2015. It was then that the self-same telescope picked up the same exact image around the sun. Now, at that time, they got multiple shots of it from multiple angles, and it's the lateral one that will get your attention. It plainly is the sign of Asher. Well, Brian, it's your turn for the mic. Start your diatribe. My diatribe. That's an interesting way to put it. That's all the debate on where do I begin with this. You know, I, I think it's an interesting topic to start with. Maybe how, um, well, we've, we've brought up the fact that we've got many people entertaining themselves to death. You know, but anybody that, I don't know, ladies, can you attest to this? How much do I take a break in my house? Not many times. Thank you. But I took a break last night to watch a little bit of fiction. You see, I watched a couple of interesting little superhero movies. And, you know, it just boggled my mind that you've got a movie released by Marvel and you have a movie released by DC Comics that has more of a clue than what is being taught in your atypical eschatology circles. Now, I found it cute that, for instance, with uh, Justice League, that they managed to um, point out, hey, folks, by the way, Azazel's up by Siberia. Or what other parallels can we bring in? You see, and this happens a lot. You know, a couple years ago, me and Matthew giggled about the fact that um, the Assassin's Creed movie pointed out that Eden was by Gondara. You know, and it's this just keeps going back to the, um, this is classic. Now, why is it that these movies that are of a fictitious base are more in line with reality as opposed to what your standardized Self-appointed watchmen are trying to convince everybody. You see, 
Yeah, maybe this ties into a bigger problem. You know, the program I did earlier in the week, well, people are not going to like what's said in there. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'd advise listening to it because you're going to be stunned as it dawns on you what what is this nightmare we woke up into? Oh, yeah. And it's rather interesting that, you know, about 24 hours after doing that broadcast, I decided to sit down and go through some uh, some of the uh, more recent Vice News programs. And they start pointing out quite a few things that I've known all this time. But now when you've got actual, uh, you know, scientists that are sitting down, and even doing the work with the interconnectivity of, for instance, uh, how it is that those on the right wing are interlocked with their information and how tight of a grouping, basically, everybody in that side of the equation is. Because, well, the fractal itself basically proves that, for one, they are all tightly interconnected and vast numbers far surpassing anybody else in the United States. But that same fractal also illustrates the fact that they refuse to use anybody that has any kind of journalistic integrity. The point being is they take all of their stories that they're passing amongst each other. To, they're taking them from conspiracists that don't even have any form of degree or any right to even be calling themselves a journalist. And this is what they are using for their news sources. Now, as you go along further and they begin to reveal the percentage of the population that even trusts um, real good investigative journalists, you find out that there's only 30% of the population of the United States that will even look in these directions, as opposed to 70% that refuses to acknowledge um, actual real news. So we're not any longer talking about a divide in this nation, because, I mean, look, statistically speaking, folks, you might want to find out um, what happened during this last election when it was around 48 to 49% of the population just got to the point where they're like, why even bother voting? The entire thing has been rigged against us anyways. We've got the choice between, uh, you know, Godzilla versus Godzilla. It was a, there's no point. And that's what we had as the population that actually pretty much stated this is ridiculous. So we had the other half of the nation that squared off against each other. And, of course, the popular vote actually went to the other candidate. But as we all know, the electoral college vote, somebody did what they weren't supposed to and handed it to the current commander-in-chief. But now that we split those, you see, because of half the population didn't vote, then we have the other half. Well, guess what? Now we have a smaller ratio within how this nation has been divided at this point. But again, they don't talk about that, nor does anybody talk about the voter suppression that has been 
completely documented for years on end where they're going out of their way to make sure so that minorities are not able to get out there to the polls. They've added in new identification uh, bits and all kinds of stuff. And then when you go start looking into the fact of how much money the Koch brothers have stuck into this suppression, you see, folks, the, the most ironic thing in the midst of all of this is somehow the American public still is convinced that their votes actually matter. And yet, here we sit, you know, even as, oh, everybody didn't realize that, oh, your comic books and all that stuff, they've always um, purposely stated the things that they did at those certain times to basically speak to the current society, the political situations, everything going on. No, you didn't realize that. Let's see, how was it put up? We woke up in the middle of a nightmare. Um, what was the other one? I like the comment about, uh, and, and these people are so naive that they think they can hit the snooze button on the apocalypse. That's classic, because that's what's being said by the infamous right-wing crusaders, that the snooze button has been hit on the apocalypse. That, it's, that pretty much nails it, because I've heard these people say this. This is what they actually believe. Get out of the other side of their mouths. What else do they say? Well, I mean, what, what happened the first time around the ride when the Crusaders launched? Why did they do what they did? Well, they have to capture Jerusalem so that Messiah will come back. Everybody didn't realize that this is the same mentality of what's actually playing out in front of our eyes. I mean, look, everybody knows full well now that uh, the first he was the uh, CIA head, Mike Pompeo, who is bought and paid for by the Koch brothers. I actually it was rather ironic. I came across a woman that put the um, exact numerical database out there for everybody to see that he's the most highest paid for bought and paid for Koch brother person. You know, never mind the fact that it's, uh, you know, Mehdi Hassan stated it like this. They just slid a bigot right through the door. Well, why? I mean, folks, it's pretty much common record the things he stated concerning all kinds of different minorities. And yet, here we sit because the moment that a guy multiple weeks back who stated in broad daylight for the world to see until the rapture happens, once he was made the lead of the Secretary of State, our diplomacy, which is now via gunpoint because, well, that was the whole point of putting Mike Pompeo in that spot because, let's see, when he started the C- with the CIA – he stated that we were going to take them back to their paramilitary-style way of doing things. But now he's heading diplomacy. And the ruling on him getting that position had barely been handed down, and he was already on the plane heading to speak with NATO. What was he there to speak with them about? Well, the big one is the fact that Russia's a big problem, never mind the fact that we've, you know, 
here in the United States, they're already sending more troops to get along that Eastern European border on Russia. So, of course, the big talks over there have to do with that. The big talks on top of it as well are letting everybody know, oh, yeah, you might want to get ready for the fact that we're going to dump the uh, accords with Iran. So today he goes over to Riyadh. He's in Saudi Arabia as we speak. Probably moving on. I believe he's going to Jordan, and he's going to be heading to Israel at some point here. And these are at the heart of what these little meetings are all about. You know, and if any of you have looked into the Koch brothers, like I, because I've brought them up a billion times, and you can find, find a vast amount of information out there about them, you should be alarmed by these things. But that's the whole problem. I don't see many alarms going off in a lot of people's minds because for some reason, the vast majority of the media they circulate amongst themselves is coming from conspiracists that has no foundation in reality, yet they all run around repeating the same things. Uh, We touched on this last week. We have people that are literally convinced that they're going to ban the Bible in California, and yet nobody goes out and does a fact check. Well, I noticed that same story, and a new variant started floating again today, and it's rather entertaining if you start clicking through everything. Oh, you ought to get a load of the uh, group that calls himself a ministry that's rising up against this, because I guess apparently... Somehow, this is a good thing that, um, I guess it's our uh, place in their heads that we can interfere with the free will of others. It's just me or nobody else see a problem here. But then again, I guess I've taken stances on things that I'd say many a person doesn't really appreciate. And yet... Here we sit. Let's talk about some more of the um, good old fun happening here on the soil of the U.S. of A. You know, kind of as I stated, you know, I looked at some of the stuff the vice had put forward. This is after I did the program that I did earlier in the week. One of the uh, programs they did up, it's about a 45-minute, close to an hour when it's talking about the first year of the American presidency and Trump's followers and a lot of the other things that are going on here. But what catches your attention the most is when they get a uh, group of people together by the guy that who has worked with the Republican administration. Well, he did. That's kind of the key thing because, see, I've paid attention to this guy that does the interview after the election was won, well, he had already bought a piece of soil in another country, and he moved. But he came back to do this focus group. And as you sit and watch this focus group, you're going to become highly disturbed. Well, you might. That all depends. As you go through here, you can see it in broad daylight. You know, because we have our middle class 
whatever in the world that is anymore, sitting in the midst of it. And then you have the one working guy who basically, through the con jobs that were pulled by this administration, trying to convince people that he was bringing all the jobs back from overseas, but you know, never mind the fact that everybody knows that a lot of these factory jobs nowadays are being done by robots. Yeah, that's what's been happening with the manufacturing field. This has been actually going on for quite some time. But this poor guy was convinced that he was actually going to save the factory he was working at. Well, now he's sitting with nothing. And yet he was the only voice of reason in the entire room. They brought up, well, Islamic State has been completely wiped out. He's the only guy in the room that goes, what are you people watching? Where are you getting this from? So, of course, we had two news organizations mentioned, Fox and this, uh, I believe it's OAN, or One American Network, I think is the name of it, off the top of my head, which that network is one I talked about last week that also started spreading this nonsense rumor through the Republican governor that is trying to run for the position in California that they were about to ban the Bible. Now, that news network, as bad enough as is that I had to stumble onto it, and I spent last Saturday, or Friday, I believe it was, actually, because it was before last week's show, I spent a considerable amount of time looking into them. Well, I can't escape this news source because they keep coming up in the worst of ways, including spreading disinformation about what's going on on the ground in Syria concerning the chemical attack, which still, that whole thing is just left floating. We have no idea at all what happened. It's almost as if it's disappeared from your news cycle completely because this is what kind of happens. Everybody forgets what happened five minutes previous, and then once it quiets down, it just disappears. Still no Anything has come forward on an investigation is just vanished. But the one person in there that points out the rather obvious, because ISIS has not disappeared by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah, he was the only one that pointed it out. And the rest of the middle class that was sitting in there, because obviously now this guy has lost his factory job and everything else. He's not even qualified. I mean, what what is this class they've come up with for people such as myself and a few others that are lucky if we can put food on the table? I mean, what do we call that now? Low class? Um, non-existent class? I mean, but the only guy that really had any kind of grasp of understanding was the poor guy. And the rest of them, it was just utterly ridiculous. And, of course, one of the words that was uttered was, well, Trump stood up and he proclaimed that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. Yay! Yeah, yay. Because ever since that moment, what's happened in Israel? It's it's not stopping. It's continuing. As a matter of fact, even um, out of the um, Gaza Strip, it's basically been stated that, oh, by the way, we're not stopping on the um, 70th anniversary on the Gregorian calendar. 
of Israel becoming a nation. No, we're going to go through that continual month of Ramadan. We're going to keep going. Well, we've had the West Bank. Groups that are planning also to get involved. And this just keeps kind of going. You know, and now on top of it, we've got stuff that's floating in um, about bills having to do with the embassy, the money going to be signed in. Oh, they were going to try to spend billions of dollars, and I made a better deal. So once again, we've got all kinds of high strangers going on with that embassy. Basically, what was announced back is that they're refurbishing an old building that was already there until more can be done. But this kind of goes back around to square one. Okay, folks, what is it that this administration wants again? Oh, that's right. Um, They want the apocalypse so that the, oh, that word that I don't like to talk about, so that they can be raptured. I mean, that's at the heart of this current theocratic regime. And if you think I'm playing make-believe, you should have caught the story I spoke about Earlier in the week on my overt attention show blog talk radio program. Because they go through and they tell you, guess what? All of those infamous, uh, you know, the globalists are bad, have been removed from the current administration. And every single one of them has been replaced by a nationalist. We have sat back and continually watched what has been going on with the shakeups in this administration as they keep swatting somebody else out the door. Look, just as the article from The Hill, and oh yeah, that's right, they are a reliable news source, points out, every one of those positions has been filled with nationalists. You see, but making matters worse, the middle class right wing has now convinced themselves that using the term nationalist is a good thing. They went so far as they had Nigel Farage from the UK even further justifying it with what happened in the Brexit. Because, folks, what you're getting in the Western media about the Brexit as opposed to talking to an actual human being in the UK like I have done and asking them why did the Brexit happen is two different things. But that's okay. That means to be a patriot. That means... Wow. You see, that nightmare we woke up into, this is how far over the edge it has gone now. This people in this nation, to a 70 percentile, it's not even half, it's at 70 percent, believes that news that comes from Let's say, because the big ones who are bought and paid for by this administration, I mean, $50 million per year to Roger Stone and Alex Jones, $50 million. They are convinced that this is real news. Let's see, we had Fox News who actually had a court case several years back that they went into court to fight for the fact that they can actually spread lies on their network And guess what the court system did? Said, oh, okay, yeah. Yes, that's the integrity you're dealing with in these sides of your state 
sponsored media. We've had those people over at um, Miss Infowars. It came out last year when his uh, ex-wife in the midst of the divorce forced him to admit that it was an act. That it was all make-believe. But yet this is the same groups of people that continue to be puppeted as being a reliable source of information. Um, We have people out there now that are some of the highest um, followed after and viewed on YouTube and this, that, and the other thing that have just basically completely make things up on their social network feeds. It goes absolutely ballistic. Everybody buys into it. Then we have, let's see, what happened with the infamous Pizzagate event a few years back? I mean, what? Does everybody forget the guy showed up with a gun because he was convinced this was really happening and he showed up there to start shooting at people? Or let's talk about the shooting that happened in Florida. Do you crusaders out there not realize I've been watching everything you've been doing in the midst of this? Because a vast majority of you, like, for instance, you'll put wallpapers um, on your Facebook behind your picture of guns or little girls holding guns. And then you'll start releasing false information that goes, oh, this book was written back in the 90s that claimed they were going to do this very thing to take away all our guns. Two seconds later, it took me to verify the fact that that book was not written until the Obama administration. Yet, of course, nobody checks these things. They would rather spread false information and not spend even a split second to look into it. But let's talk about what they did to the um, kid that decided to stand up and finally say something because it gets to the point where enough's enough. You know, because when you have people are just walking in with guns and say schools and lighting the entire place up, somehow in everybody's mind that they, they just go to that's crisis actors to take away our guns, because that's how much these people actually value human life. Their guns are more important than the lives that have been lost. Or let's talk about the guy that um, continued to show up at the church that was earlier. I believe it was in the midst of last year, actually, that was shot up. Just crazy guys showing up there and accusing these people of being crisis actors. And this is like, once again, this kind of behavior has been normalized. Because they're going to take our guns. Well, as I've always said, crusaders crusade. They don't know how to do anything else. They, I've had people send me friends requests recently where they took uh, David Hogue, I believe is his name, the kid that stood up to say something, where they've turned him into Hitler. And they think this is cute. You know, it kind of catches your attention, as they pointed out on Vice, as the mother is sitting there being interviewed. And um, people showed up on her Facebook wall and started threatening to kill her kid. Um, This is what we live in. This is the reality we now live in, in this nation and many other European nations, for that matter, where nationalism has also been normalized. We live in a society now where 
kids in a school were killed, other people shot at, people in a church for that matter were shot at. These people are still all trying to come to terms with the fact that they've lost family members, friends, and we have 70% of the population in the United States believes that these nut jobs are actually telling the truth. It is somehow acceptable to attack people, call them liars, because they might take away your guns. How, how else do I state this nicely? Because there's no stating this nicely. Being ashamed of yourselves, that's a bit of an understatement. And if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that's been doing this, my advice is repent. This is now somehow in everybody's mind the American way. You know, folks, it's always been the infamous one. When it speaks to the harlot, it's going to become drunk upon the blood of the saints. You know, that was rather interesting, you know, because I'm finding that I'm having to spend more time as of lately undoing the psychosis that's being taught in these infamous eschatological circles. Because that's literally what it is. These people can't even spend five minutes going through the history to realize that there's such a thing as, you know, groups of people like move. They've been moved by invasions and migrations. Some of this stuff having to do with uh, weather change and climate change in ancient history. Oh, yeah, because if you study ancient history, you have to also realize that, yes, populations have moved because of climate change. Like, for instance, if a river changes its course, because let's say like, for instance, a huge earthquake happens or something. Well, all of a sudden they've lost their capacity to have water, to have water to fertilize their fields and all kinds of other good stuff. That therefore means, well, they get displaced, they move somewhere else. But instead it's easier to make up nonsense. It's easier to, um, you know, let's talk about this infamous one floating around in these circles that that infamous alliance has now been formed. Everybody do yourself a favor and go in and look to into, let's say, for instance, pull up the Syrian peace accords, looking at all the different varying factors. Take note of the one in Astasa, Kazakhstan, because these groups have been talking for quite a long time. But, you see, I'm always having to sit here and go between multiple layers. I have to watch geopolitics. I have to watch the nationalist psychosis nightmare that is playing out in front of my eyes. Not to even mention I have to stay on top of the historical ramifications, everything. How many people out there realize what's going on in Armenia, let alone how major this really is? Not to even mention the fact that, hey, guess what? 
it hasn't stopped and it's it's getting to the point where you're dealing with something that is mega and if things keep going along in this present course well let's put it this way Russia's getting pretty concerned now because the the leader behind this popular uprising you see the kids on the street and the regular everyday you know more towards your I guess you would say going towards your about age 30 I'm in agreement with why, why they're fed up they live under a completely despotic regime has been ruling over Armenia for a while. I mean, at some point, people get to the stage where they say enough's enough. But there's other circumstances here with, for instance, the guy that everybody's rallied behind because he's actually wanting to break away more so from the alignment that they've had for years with Russia and slide more towards the European and Western side of things. Then all of a sudden we realize that we've got a pattern happening here and a dangerous one at that. And I mean, um, Serge Tonkin, I believe is his name now. You know, some of you out there probably going, well, who's that? Well, there was a band here in America, at least we knew him by the name of uh, System of a Down. He's the vocalist from that band. Well, he's long since gone on to start doing a lot of solo material. Oh, I'd advise taking a listen, not to even mention, watch a few of his videos. It really astonishes me that when somebody can do a song and put a video together and in four minutes can drive home the point even better than I've been able to do since I started doing this in 2011, that's somebody you should pay attention to. You know, and he's Armenian. And he's had a lot to say in the uh, media while this has been going on. I'd pay attention to Serge. He's a good guy, too, folks. He's spent his entire life fighting against injustices the only way he knows how, by bringing it into music. And everybody, I think, forgets Armenians are Christians that's... It's been that way for a long time. But we also have other circumstances here because, you see, there's been an ongoing on and off, on and off, on and off again conflict with Azerbaijan since the 90s. We have a breakaway section that's inside of what is the borders of Azerbaijan that's also made up of Armenians. Now they call themselves the Art Sak. Everybody's heard me refer to that name Saka before. Artoxod. Well, you see, folks, that's um, part of that group. That's the Magi. We've already explained how also part of the group in Armenia is the original Chaldeans. The genetics leave that for no form of debate whatsoever. And then we get into Azerbaijan. Well, we've talked about Azerbaijan over the years more times than I can shake a stick at. 
Oh, they're important. Majorly important, but I guess you're going to have to wait because I'll be getting to that down the road here. You see, because we've had reports coming out of Azerbaijan that, you know, because these peace accords that have been going here, 2016 was the last big breakout where people in Azerbaijan, they started firing artillery into this breakaway area inside Azerbaijan and just started indiscriminately slaughtering people. Then to add into it, well, the because Azerbaijan, obviously, when you had the Soviet Union, they just uprooted people, moved them wherever they wanted. And this is why you have all these problems with these areas that are no longer part of Russia. So what they did during this war is they took the um, minority people there in Azerbaijan, and they put them on the front lines so that these were the ones that were getting killed as they were advancing on this little breakaway area. But it turns out in the midst of this that was happening in 2016 as well, that ISIS started showing up in the mix, which is rather odd because the a vast majority of the population of standard Azerbaijanis, well, they're Shiite Muslims. And yet you had Sunni Muslims, ISIS, that also started showing up in the middle of this. Now, the Baku region, everybody should be familiar with the amount of different gas pipelines that have been going through there and everything else. And even Israel has a major interest in that area. BP bought great big holdings in that area a while back. Right now, when you've got, I mean, this has been happening all throughout the week. There's been reports coming from Azerbaijan that the Armenians are breaking the ceasefire. It's a little hard to, on the ground, because I'm not standing there where it happens. I don't know. But that's what the reports are saying. The report that came out the other day talked about 95 times it was broken, but this time it was broken with artillery. Because before it was broken with, like, heavy machine gun fire and, you know, some rounds coming out of, say, whatever style rifle it is that that group has. But, you know, last week when they got the prime minister to step down, the military jumped on board. Some of the military jumped on board with the protest leaders. So now the military in Armenia on top of it is divided. Now, I knew to take note of this everything that was going on in Armenia, because I know patterns. I know historical patterns. And this thing still continues to build. This leader behind the revolution now has stated that the the entire governing body, this Republican governing body, has to go. It's been announced today that... uh, The ruling party quits prime minister rate. Protest leader bids for power. This thing ain't done. And Azerbaijan is sitting there looking at them going, this kind of uh, destabilization, folks, this could break out again at any given moment. And I see the dot going here, and I know I'm running down to that timeline. But that's the whole point here, folks, is 
We have a very important place in the world where things are boiling over. And yet, your watchmen have got you more confused with fiction than reality. It, it just boggles my mind. I mean, it even boggles my mind as I bring up the uh, JewishEncyclopedia.com article concerning Magog. As I look at the other ones. You might want to take a look at those, folks. And that kind of uh, even gets you to scratch your head. Yeah, they bring up the Scythian. Oh, but there's there's a few of us out there that have studied those Scythian in depth. Because it's always been many tribes, many tongues amongst the um, blanket term of the Scythian. And Herodotus didn't hide that. He never did. He lets you know that each group of people was a different group of people. Wonder why the Riffian Mountains might be important. Wonder what Rafat has to do with anything. Everybody, go and do yourself a favor and look up Slav. See if you get run in circles when they try to tell you, well, we don't know where they came from. Look, they're going to tell you that with all kinds of people. They pull that same stunt with the Chaldeans. You know, with me, when I see something like that, I say, okay, you want to play that game? Good. Then it's time I get an answer. And I get the answer. I spend a vast amount of time with the archaeological data, the historical documentation, and the genetics. And I come back swinging with an answer. But it's easier to repeat what these other people are saying as opposed to doing that. And then everybody can't figure out why they're so confused. I mean, I'll drop the last one on me. This is the one that made me giggle the most. Somebody was coming forward trying to say that the uh, quote-unquote mystery Babylon, well, that goes back to Rome because that's where the Seven Mountain is. Really? Hey, folks, do yourself a favor and find out when it was that the Eastern Roman Empire got rolling with Constantinople because you're going to giggle. Yes, that is now modern Istanbul. You see, that that's a type and a shadow to get everybody to understand something, but they can't even realize that that place was the eastern seat of the Roman Empire that didn't even get started until how many years A.D.? Once again, though, it's easier to run around spouting fiction. And then, you know, this is how we end up with the Pope is the false prophet. You know, and let's see. I mean, Obama was the Antichrist a couple years ago. And these people that have been pushing that, they still are pushing it. It's classic. We've got people that can make rapture predictions, and they completely nothing happens. And then everybody's going, yay, please come back. We want you back. We like false prophets. And this is the nightmare we've woken up into. So there's my diatribe, handing it back over. Well, that ended on kind of a sour note, didn't it? Um, Well, truth that's stranger than fiction. You know, they scream, they scream, they scream. 
the exact opposite actually happens. They just go quiet for three or four months and people scream them back out on the stage. Well, um, that kind of details exactly what the Bible said was going to happen. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, that's exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. And I just <clears throat> For the time will come When they will not endure sound doctrine But after their own lust They shall heap to themselves teachers Now who is this referring to? These are the fat sheep Of Ezekiel chapter 34 What are they going to do? Because they have these itching ears they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Full proof. <laughs> yep. Brian, they have to scream them back out on stage. That's what they do. You know, they can't have a dead reckoning like I well, I talked about last week. Just a few simple verses of what God said he's going to do to these fat sheep. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> but like I said, the the first affliction that's going to strike them, all their hair falling out, they've already got that covered. They've already got wigs purchased for that. But, you know, I wonder what's going to happen to all these really fat sheep that uh, they get that uh, hair surgically sewn into their scalp. Oh, my goodness. I don't think you even have a remote clue as to what you're going to go through. <laughs> but, you know, all we can say is, wait and find out. You know, got talking here the other day in a private chat. Good question. Start rolling. Just reiterating what I'd said before about uh, you might want to study about how it's going to be. Um, you might want to study how it is uh, that uh, cooking changes at altitude. You might want to look into that because all the uh, technical data in the Bible, God's holy word, uh, makes it pretty clear as to why he gives certain parameters. Here, let's just talk about one. I talked about this in the tiny chat the other day, but they've already heard this. So I'll tell all of you. It's common knowledge that the atmosphere is about 300 miles thick. Well, guess what uh, God's word says there prophetically? He says that's going to drop by 42 miles. Do you know what that means? 
I hope so. You need to know what that means. But that's all right. If you're a fat sheep, go check out, you know. I mean, you can actually read your diary that God already wrote for you if you're a fat sheep. Just go read Ezekiel 34. He will plot your path where you're going, what you're doing. There's no question it. <laughs> so with that in mind, Clinton, uh, your websites and closing comments, please, before we uh, hit the dead stop. You know, if there wasn't uh, enough to look forward to, you know, of these coming days, um, the President of the United States just gave us another one today. Um, you know, this is just, uh, you know, as he's uh, uh, at a, a rally in uh, Washington, Michigan, um, this is just the quote that he says, um, talking about the, the wall in Mexico and, and how it's going to affect the United States. Uh, this is a quote. Um, that wall has started. We got $1.6 billion. Uh, we come up again on September 28th. And if we don't get border security, we will have no choice. We will close down the country because we need border security. So, you know, if, if uh, things don't explode and go crazy up before September 28th, uh, we just got a promise from the President of the United States that he's going to shut down the government unless he gets his way. So... You know, we got something to look forward to. Um, everyone, uh, thank you again for your support. Um, you know, you can find me on ClintonCoWatch.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter where I post all the news sources that we talk about in the show. Um, just my handle is at ClintonCoWatch. And you can also follow me on uh, the Diligent Watchman broadcast on Podbeam. Thank you, everyone, and may God guide you on your journey. Brian, your websites and closing comments, please. Well, I mean, a response to that being pointed out, you know, I like how uh, on The Intercept this week with Jeremy Scahill on his podcast, we had Chelsea Manning on, the uh, the infamous whistleblower, when she saw a bunch of civilians get mowed down in Iraq, and then she was put in a black site and everything else for quite a few years. You know, people, uh, we are, have been, we have an occupying force on our own ground as the uh, paramilitary forces are now policing the United States. It's not what we have to look forward to. It's already here. And that's rather the unfortunate circumstance. My website, you can find me at overattentionshow.com. On Blog Talk Radio, you can find me at Overt Attention Show. On Twitter, you can find me at Overt Attention Show. And if you want to email me, overt.attention.show at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what to think about the dream that I had. I really didn't. I, I honestly didn't know what to make of it when I looked up the two localities that she was using. The descriptor she used, those two names are real. And that's really what somebody from Sicily would describe to me, but just so you all know, uh, you might want to look to uh, that region. I know that here as of late, uh, the mighty volcano Stromboli has been erupting. 
And I don't know why the Lord would want to give me that sort of dream. But the only thing that caught my attention was that vertical upheaval. All the eyewitnesses said that at first it went forward, then it went back, but then there was a massive upheaval, and when the ground came crashing down, all the buildings came with it and literally buried everybody under the rubble. Contemplate in your mind, ladies and gentlemen, 80,000-plus dead in one earthquake, just one. Now there's quadruple that amount of people that live in this this area. And I had no idea why this woman had told me it's across the Messina. I had no idea, never heard of the Strait of Messina, had no idea. I had no idea that the southern Italy and those two islands were included in this region that in Italian means literally midday. The Mezzigorno. I had no idea what the Mezzigorno was. I was looking at her like she was crazy. What's a Mezzigorno? But then I realized that She was talking to her husband, not me. But I'm sure I figured it out the same time he did, and he woke up. Do yourself a favor and uh, try studying blood pressure at altitude. Here, let me ask you this. If somebody has high blood pressure, will they do better on top of Mount Everest or worse? My name is Matthew Miller. I'm a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, God-fearing Christian. I don't believe in cunningly devised fables. I know exactly who, what, where, when, why the Lord my God has said what he said. And he meant every syllable of it. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless.